Just like I was moved, I was scared, I was... I did check my watch. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to the Thin Red Vine. This is Mark. This is Dave. We're back. Side by side now. I made the mistake of, <laughs> in our top five episodes of our first year of recording, Yeah. Uh, highlighting, <laughs> praising, um, surprising myself with my love for Tom Cruise slash... <laughs> Speed two cruise control. That was such a pleasant surprise. An for idea me. that that I uh, resisted for so long. Then we finally did, and it turned out to be pretty fun. So much so that shamed me on the episode. Shamed you <laughs> back then. Shamed you in the recap. Um, but I guess you know I have egg on my face now. Is that the right use of that expression? So much because egg. I suggested <laughs> that for this week we do Dwayne Johnson. And The Rock. Now, don't let your ears confuse you. These are two different things. We're talking about Dwayne Johnson, the wrestler, the actor, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and the movie starring Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery from 1996, The Rock, which The Rock is not in. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is not in The Rock, the movie, but it's Dwayne Johnson and The Rock, a.k.a. The Rock, The Rock. Uh, it could have been Pop Rocks, but we went this way instead. <laughs> if you weren't confused, you are now. <laughs> now, I will say, I suggested this, um, and it was out of genuine interest, um, a genuine interest of sorts. I I was not really interested in watching the movie The Rock. <laughs> in fact, I think I had it confused with The Siege until very recently. <laughs> I thought we were going to watch The Siege, but it was uh, The Rock. And um, Had you seen it before? I don't, having watched it, I don't think I had seen oh. it before. Again, I think I had it confused with The Siege, which was like right. a couple years later with Denzel Washington. It turns out, different movie. Right. Um, and it almost made my rewatchable list. Really? So the Rock did. Right. On our, uh, not The Siege. What are you talking about? Not The Siege. The Rock. <laughs> the I, Rock. I did bring it up on that episode of like, that's right. That's my why we're doing it. Honorable mention. Right. That's where it came into the that, conversation. That you planted the seed. Planted a little seed. Then it was like, how do we, how do we watch this Back movie? Dave. The Rock. The Rock. Yeah, to watch it that I that I uh, blossomed, grew, cultivated that seed. All of it. Extend the metaphor however you like. <laughs> um, the Rock, The Rock. So we need to talk about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But I was I was saying, I am partial to this idea this time. Where last time when Mark was like, let's talk about Tom Cruise, I was like, what do you mean? And I really pushed back on that this time. When I suggested let's talk about The Rock, I wasn't just kidding. Even though I'm a little kidding. <laughs> But I am very curious about his career as an actor. Like it's such a strange arc of a of a life, of a career. You have the wrestling career, of which I'm not very familiar. I'd never watched pro wrestling. I know you did as a kid, but maybe not the Rock's era. Is that correct? Or did you did you see the Rock, Dwayne Johnson? These in are your, all in great your wrestling. I Stint. growing up, I was more into like the Hulk Hogan, Randy Macho Man Savage. So okay. there, so the previous generation, I was of aware stars. of The Rock, yeah, as a wrestler, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but but he wasn't the leading man. Not for of the ring. not for me. My brother and a circle of friends were still kind of into that. I think this was like maybe Steve Austin was part of this Stone Cold Steve Austin, correct, and stuff like that. Uh, Triple H, possibly, uh, yeah, The Undertaker. I'm trying to. These are just names that are floating around in my head. Undertaker might have been like a crossover. I don't know what eras any of these people wrestled, but these are Correct. all names that are no, I think nearby. That's closer one another to in my brain to Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, 
Now, the interesting thing about his movie career is initially in movies, in credits, he was billed as The Rock for a while. And then he was always billed as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like, that's what it would say when the credits rolled. And now it just says Dwayne Johnson. So we're respecting his current moniker by titling the episode Dwayne Johnson and The Rock. Even though most of us... Or at least people of a certain age. I don't know. Maybe young people don't think of him as The Rock, but I assume they do. I assume I like people even, do. even teenagers aren't going like, "Oh, I love Dwayne Johnson in that movie." They're, no. They still everyone it's, still calls him The Rock, right? It's even, kind of a bad name. Even if you've never seen right. him wrestle or know that incarnation of him, I assume people right. still think of him primarily as everyone the Rock. I know still refers to him as The Rock. And have you ever heard in like, like a oh, high school setting, that. like students refer to The Rock? Or do they refer to Dwayne Johnson? Um, you may not have this information on him. No, this is kind of a pop quiz question. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't hear his name either. One of them mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I guess I'm. And what's interesting to me about that arc is a couple things. One is the extent to which he had to like kind of perform his wrestling persona in the movies yeah. for a while. Like there was a string, and maybe it's worth just kind of rattling off some of the early. The early film um, appearances of Dwayne Johnson. We're talking about. I would. I would mark it with the Mummy Returns. Correct. I think that's kind of. He that's may have. He may have been in things, uh, but but um, the Mummy Returns when he's like actually like okay, I'm going to be the villain in this. I'm going to be the muscular. Heavy. The sequel to a very successful blockbuster, right. The Mummy. Um, so good, apparently, that he was cast as the Scorpion King recast in the Scorpion King. Have you King seen all movie. these movies? I've seen so far. I've seen all these movies. I've seen them on your turns. I've seen the Scorpion King. I, I remember know. seeing the Scorpion King in the theater. I remember being excited about seeing it. I don't think I've seen. Is uh, Brendan Fraser in that? No, not okay. the Scorpion King, because this yeah. is like a prequel. It's like the. It's like because oh. in the Mummy Returns, he's like an ancient being come back to life to defend the temple, something like that. Black Adam. Where this. <laughs> No, <laughs> where in the Scorpion King, it's like, oh, let's tell that actual backstory of that character that was just oh, the bad guy at the end of the gotcha. turn. So Scorpion King. And then we have to go. There's, he was obviously, if you're looking on his IMDb page, it's a lot of wrestling, uh, you know, the either video game or movie or home video versions of big wrestling events like WrestleMania. But then you have a couple movies where he is the one of the leads, like The Rundown or Walking Tall. I remember seeing The Rundown and liking it. Yeah, I remember seeing The Rundown. I, I remember Walking Tall even more, and, and I remember liking it. But again, I'm I'm a teenager. I'm like, I'm like on the cusp of high school at that point. I don't remember that at all. He's like... He's walking tall. Yeah, he's like a, a guy that goes back to his hometown, and and some thugs have kind of the place is kind of run down. People are taking advantage of people, and he just kind of you know he's gonna walk tall. He's gonna he's gotcha. gonna be the good guy. He's gonna go knock heads. He's gonna he's gonna make things safe and right. better for everybody. He's gonna clean up the town, and I think he has like a two by four or four by four, like wooden plank like he that he has in his truck that he like gets out of his truck. He gets his big piece of wood and he knocks heads with it. That's oh, walking man. tall. I remember liking that movie, but again, I was uh, not fully formed uh, in the in the brain. Um, Still demanding mustard <laughs> on everything. Doom I saw, which was in two thousand five. Never heard of that. It. Was a video game adaptation, notable because it had a first person shooter sequence toward the end of the movie, where the, it went first person with like the gun on the screen, and oh. he started churning through um, the bad guys. Uh, Gridiron Gang, I remember in two thousand six. I remember hearing about that, like a football, like a prison football movie. Yeah, I might have even seen I that. Think. 
Um, and then we're getting into, that's kind of where I dropped off. I stopped seeing these rock movies. Now you tell me if you saw The Game Plan. Did you see that? I've movie? heard of it, didn't see it. Did you see um, The Tooth Fairy? I did. Okay, I didn't see I didn't see the tooth fairy. I confuse it with Vin Diesel and the pacifier very often. I confuse him and Vin Diesel a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like their careers overlapped a little bit around that time mm-hmm. in terms of the roles they were getting and the characters right. they were playing. Like the they were the big tough right. guy in, in yeah. whatever movie. And they only both, until the fast franchise when they're both in the, it. Did those worlds could I finally see them together <laughs> and note their differences? My point is up to that point, and I guess we can kind of draw a line there, maybe before we get into the fast fran and like the big franchises he ends up he ends up being a big part of. Um where I think we can all really say like, Oh, you're just you're just ubiquitous now. You're everywhere. You're in everything, which right. is certainly the situation now. Like he is, yeah. he is, he's everywhere and in everything. But up to that point, I feel like he was still the rock and he still kind of had to be the rock, the wrestler in those movies. There was often like a shot of him doing the eyebrow. Oh yeah. Which was like one of his signature in Big the ring, signature. in the ring moves. People's he elbow. Would, he would raise the people's elbow was one of his moves. I'm, there must be a movie where he does that. I don't think he calls it that in any no. movie, but he probably and then does wings the at the audience. Right. Um, his catchphrase in the ring, I believe, was like, can you smell what the rock is cooking? I'm not yeah. sure that he said that in any movie. I could be wrong about that. You think though. he should have been called the chef instead of the rock? <laughs> I never thought about the catchphrase <laughs> making sense, but now that you draw attention to it, um, it doesn't make any sense, does the it? The chef doesn't sound as powerful. <laughs> I'll chef. give you that. The chef. Um so anyway, this is a really interesting arc to me. It's like, okay, I get it. You're coming from this other entertainment industry. You're trying to break into movies. You're taking at first like, you know, maybe bit parts like this villain, the CGI villain in The Mummy Returns. Then you're kind of, then you're pretty quickly getting the lead parts in like B or C movies right. like The Scorpion King or Walking Tall. Like no one's expecting these to make like hand over fist piles of money. But right. But you're kind of showing your stuff that you can take on a leading role, that you can be the physical presence people want you to be. And then it seems like having proven that point a few times over and maybe also showing you can be the family man in a movie like The Tooth Fairy. Like, I'm not just a big muscly doof. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I can, yeah. I, can, I can be the dad. I don't know. What's the plot of the... Do you have a rough sense of the plot of The Tooth Fairy? Uh, I think he was a hockey player. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's all we got that's that that is also a plot summary of happy gilmore um so then we get into the other like this is where things really take off yeah fast five i believe is the first fast movie he's in is that I've, right i have if you're asking i've seen all of the fa- fast i had and stopped furious watching movies. the fast and furious movies by this point so i missed the rocks introduction yeah he he was a good introduction so much so that his ki- he had a spin-off movie with jason's Statham. Jason Statham, yeah. I yeah, like that's saying. the Hobbs and Shaw. Is Correct. he Hobbs or is he Shaw? He's Hobbs. Are you sure about that? 90%. <laughs> so he's in the Fast franchise at that point. That's Fast Five is in 2011. That long ago now, wow. Uh, then G.I. Joe, Retaliation. I don't think I saw that. No, I don't think many people saw it. Uh, Pain and Gain. <laughs> Well, I, don't, I haven't yeah, seen no, many others. There, have, polite, been a, there put, have been other GI Joe movies. It's a very but not, polite put down. Not that many. Um, it can't have been that successful. Yeah. Um, Pain and Gain. Um, I remember that. I didn't see that movie, but I remember it coming out. Um, Is that with Wahlberg? It's with Wahlberg. Also, a Michael Bay movie that might that might come up later in oh. this conversation. It it be coming up. Um, Furious Six, Hercules, 
Furious 7, San Andreas. So at this point, he's like either the lead or one of the main leads of major action movies. Like a bankable. Very bankable. Like throw him in anything will make money. Central Intelligence with Kevin Hart in 2016, which I saw. I think they kind of became a thing. I saw that movie and it was funny. I remember thinking that was Because they also teamed up and you're probably getting to this movie, Jungle, Jungle, uh, not Jungle, Cruise. Uh, Jumanji? Jumanji. Yeah, we're getting yeah. to Jumanji because then we have Moana in 2016. And Baywatch. Yep. Fast and Furious, or The Fate of the Furious, Baywatch. Um, and then we got the Jumanjis. We have Rampage. We have Skyscraper. We, and then we're getting into the last few years here. Yeah. Just big, giant action movies all the way up to Black Adam. Which Well, but in there is this little movie called Moana where... Yeah. Uh, he plays the character Maui, and this this soundtrack. I don't even know how well the movie did. I'm sure it did fine, but the soundtrack like exploded. Yeah, and he does. He sings on it, and I, you know, it's like a catchy song. But just the fact that he's singing, he's doing something different. He's doing an animated character, right? Um, yeah, I thought, and I, I thought he, of all his performances, I'm like, is Maui his best? <laughs> and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe. I mean, that's that's one of my questions. I at this point, I wanted to turn to you and just throw yeah. at you as a as someone who's seen a lot of these movies and especially a lot of these later action movies. You've, yeah. As you've said, you've seen all the fast franchises. Is there a point at which, for The Rock's career to you, like he became like a serious actor, or in your mind, is he still not a serious actor? That's a great question. Because I feel like I have a feeling about this, but I yeah. wanted to kind of take your temperature on. Um, yes, no, there's no question he would say he's a serious actor and he's very, very accomplished right. and successful by many measures. Correct. There's no question about that. Correct. He's a huge star. I have, um, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen, I've seen some of these movies where like the performance, like this is, I don't know if this is a good example, but I did see this movie Jungle Cruise. Yeah, and it's entertaining. It's a Disney this movie with based Emily on the Burns. ride. Correct. Yeah, and he he's I I have no I think he's a fun character to kind yeah. of watch an actor, right. and he can have some like heartfelt moments. I don't necessarily think he's. I haven't seen him just take on this completely other like straight serious dramatic role. If that if he's made that movie, I haven't seen that performance. Right. So therefore, I hesitate to say, I, I'm, I'm sure maybe he can. Maybe he's hoping to get that script, and right. I don't know what that would what that would mean. Um, it is definitely hard to get past the rockness of it all. Right. And he's so. <laughs> I right. mean, just because he's so massive. Yes. Too. Like he's he can't quite blend into any kind of character. He has to be a specific one especially and if he's yeah. willing to like forgo some of his training which he's right unbelievably dedicated to right. soften up a little bit right and i think he <laughs> he only went all even more so all in on the black adam thing which right which the movie kind of backfired more than not, not because of his physique you know but like no i don't think anyone had a problem with his physique <laughs> but more than backfired um but i think if he would d- maybe do some kind of like transformation or he's just gonna play i i don't know what or hide that a little bit i feel like that's maybe what it would take right um i think he could pull it off i feel like he i feel like he has that that side to him um you think the potential is there for like a dramatic turn where he plays just a, a dramatic role that is not based on or reliant on his physical presence no i think it would be like what i didn't even see this movie but what's 
not what Stallone did in in um, the original Rocky, but what he did as Rocky in Creed. Sure. And I didn't see that. He's gonna. I can see him playing like a former someone that would suggest you still work out or did or right. there's a reason you're. You know, he would need like the wrestle. I don't think he could do that movie necessarily. Sure. But something. But isn't wouldn't the suggestions even though if he's not fighting or punching or lifting right. weights in that movie in that kind of a role, isn't right. it still based on the idea that that is his identity? Like I feel Probably. like I mean I think that's that what doesn't really get him away. He from has that. like a I feel like he has he has a lot going for him. Sure. And, and outside of like there's the movie thing, but like Under Armour sponsors him primarily just if he stopped acting and it was just. Gonna I'm be sure a he doesn't need to do anything for the rest. Of no, his life. and he has like his own tequila <laughs> brand now. Like sure. he's d- doing so many different things. I don't know if he cares um, right. to like. I I want to be in the conversation for Oscars. That's true. Like I I don't want to imply that I know what his aspirations are, and maybe he's <laughs> he's as as he's doing exactly what he wants to do. Like he wants to be in these fun action movies that a lot of people see and a lot of people love and they have wide, wide distribution international. And it's like, maybe that's, you know, he's, he's an international star for, because, because of the movies he's in, right. It's not like these aren't like, and, and that's certainly a, its own, its own version of success, even if that might not be someone else's yeah. version. Of, I did version find of he was. I I didn't know he was born into a professional wrestling family. Oh, I, I didn't read. know that either. And so I guess his dad was, but he did not want to do that. He was going to be a college football. I think star, I think I have heard his he got football injured, story. Yeah, and then that sort of then led him to going into wrestling and and all sure. these things, and so which then obviously landed him on the the film career. So yeah, I don't have. When, I guess when I think of him, I'm like, oh, I like The Rock. That would be my right. first thought. But do I like him because he's just – do I also equate it with like, oh, he's such an amazing actor? No, it's kind of like he's a fun person to generally watch on screen. That being said, I don't – Yeah. I can't say like I obviously did not like Black Adam. Um, but when I said like, you know, I've I've made my peace with the Fast and Furious movies, and when he shows up, I think he's fun. He does sure. – he fits in that movie perfectly. You know, like with what's <laughs> right. going on, right? Um, and I'm, you know, and I've only heard good things about both of the Jumanji movies from multiple right. people, right? That I would think, like, oh, yeah, I think those are pretty well loved. And yeah. so it seems like he has this good banter with Kevin Hart. Now that they've been in more than one movie, and you know, here's Kevin Hart, kind of small in stature, and The Rock, obviously, right? Huge. It's a Laurel you know, Hardy kind of a sure, exactly. kind of a thing. Um, yeah, yeah, but um. I don't know. I would be curious if they're like, oh, The Rock is in some, it's going to take a turn in some dramatic role. I think I'd be, I'd be curious. I'd give it, I wouldn't pass on it because I'm like, oh, he can't do it. So, yeah, I guess I asked the stuff about kind of questioning his, you know, do we think of him as a great actor? What, what, what would he have to do to be considered that way? I guess I'm curious about that because I'm very curious in general about this move from wrestling to acting and my initial thought is always, um, and I bring this up in my classes a lot of a lot of the time because I'm always trying to get my students to write research papers about interesting things. I'm sure. like, don't write, don't write me a research paper about why marijuana should be legalized. Right. Don't write time. me a research right. Don't write me this paper of like a thing that we've I've read a thousand times. Like pick something, pick some curiosity about the world. Right, yeah, and the the example I always use, uh, to, like partly to be funny and partly to like give them a sense of what I would consider an interesting topic. I'm like, 
Somebody needs to write the paper that's like talking about why The Rock is a successful wrestler turned actor and like no one else seems to be able to do it. <laughs> right? Mm. Like, because it's like, can we distill it down to like what his key feature is? And then that right. gets students interested, like, oh, that's, and some people have attempted to write that paper at my suggestion just as right. a joke and they, they give up or they, you know, they can't pin it down. But I think it might be that he is on, he is a good actor or at least com- like he has, he has charisma. His, he has charisma tons of charisma and his acting ability is good enough to make him more than just a fit like his he certainly is a physical presence and that's a big right. reason why he plays the characters he plays but he has the acting chops to like be a character in that body and not just yeah. himself because i think back on like hulk hogan couldn't have been a more famous wrestler when at his peak correct right he's like the guy when people think of a professional wrestler often still picturing a guy with a big handlebar mustache sure. and the bandana on the head and the sunglasses. Yeah. Like he's the iconic guy, but he couldn't really successfully make this leap to movies. Like he was in a few in the nineties. Yeah. He was in um, Santa with muscles. Okay. I'll believe you. <laughs> he was in three ninjas, three high noon at mega mountain. Like yeah, these are I'll like take bad. He was like the, vi- like he was yeah. like, a, I only remember a, Rocky three, a, a character with speaking roles, right? Where he, he played a wrestler, handful of movies, right? He never got very far away from his right. wrestling character. He never got very far. away. Uh, that is from... true. I guess I'm hard pressed to think. And he was famous. So in... isn't what's his face doing this? John Cena. Right. So like, there's some other examples. But so maybe like not John as well. Cena. And I would argue, like, I think John Cena is, is I've seen him be very funny, Yeah. but I can't like point to many movies and go like, Oh, like you got to see this movie because John Cena's in it. Right, like yeah. I, I'm not sure I've ever thought well, and that. And he recently, I think, just put out a movie, and, and I know people were not aware of it. Yeah, and I know he's done TV and other things too. But he's, you know, he seems to be almost everywhere, but not really getting the same kind of traction. Though on paper, you would think he has a lot of the same features as The Rock, right? Like he's a giant dude. Right. He's very famous in the wrestling world. Very successful. He's very charismatic. He's funny, but like I don't see. I don't know. He's not. He doesn't have that same kind of ubiquity, and maybe that's still yet to come. Right. Then I look at someone like Dave Bautista, who also comes. Oh, from right. And I think he's got a more interesting career path to me in in Hollywood. Like I like his roles in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Like I like that kind of. You're not the main character, but like you're an iconic kind of character in this. Oh yeah, world. I think he's. And pretty, you're, pretty scene, well you're a scene stealer, you know, but you're not like, you're not trying to be the main dude. Right. I don't get that feeling from him. Maybe, maybe that is his aspiration in the long run. I don't know. But then he was in a Blade Runner 2049, like in a small role at the beginning. Yeah. I thought he was very good as like this kind of meek. I didn't even know. Replicant. I don't think I was even aware he was a wrestler before I saw him in movies. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the secret to his blending in. As like he well. wasn't, was he wasn't maybe as he big wasn't as The Rock. As much of a household right. name. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's just interesting to me, these p- people like, okay, I'm in one enter- whenever someone in one entertainment medium tries to like make the leap to another, that's always very curious to me. Like whenever like a singer songwriter wants to become a novelist or a writer wants to become an actor or like any of these leaps, I'm always right. like a little skeptical. I'm like, shouldn't you just keep doing that one thing we've yeah. all agreed you're good at? You know what I mean? Like, do you need to do all the different things? And I'm always I'm always looking at it a little sideways, like almost hoping people kind of stumble because I'm like, right. who did you think you were that you could just you know right. ca- be captain of the world? And I feel like the, the Rock seems to have succeeded in, in a big way. When you mentioned this leap thing, yeah. I, I feel like it's whatever thing you're doing. I feel like most people then 
the leap is to acting. That's true. Because I think if you're an actor and suddenly you're like, I want to be a singer. Well, you can't sing. Not everyone can sing. You know, like that didn't stop William Shatner. <laughs> true. <laughs> Google that. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that, like because acting is this. Well, who says you can't act? You know, like it's right. it's kind well, of mysterious. And put you on screen and do something, and you're technically you're acting. I mean, like you did it. <laughs> like I don't see a lot of actors going to be wrestlers. Like you have to be. That's true. People aren't making the leap skip. to wrestling, right? Or well, there even, is sort of a cultural valuing of acting as like the these right. are the most important people I in our see, society. Which oh is, yeah, which is probably draws people to it because it makes them feel more important right. and successful. Don't see a lot of actors. I mean, I guess actors maybe within to director, something within their field, I guess, maybe. Right, but. right, right. But no one's going from like actor to, uh, you know, like like stunt coordinator or like actor to, you know, you're like, no, they're, not, got, they're the, going to director, but they're not going yeah, to like you other. Can't, yeah, the only person that's getting more credit than the <laughs> actor's should be the director, so maybe that's why they do that. A screenwriter, maybe. I'm sure there's some that have... Yeah, know, maybe dabbled in that. Or but whatever. they usually are acting in those movies, too. Right, yeah. Know. But it seems like that's like, when I think of other... Whether it's a comedian or, you know, they're going to have their own TV show. So you're going to acting. Oh, so you're, you know, like, that's... Very few actors like, I'm just going to go do stand-up comedy. Like, well, maybe not, because... That would be interesting. I'd watch that reality show. Actors doing stand-up... Or any people famous for other things trying to do... Now go write your own stuff. Because that's something that's so... I don't know. It's interesting that people don't think of acting as... Like, acting certainly is a craft. Like, it's something you can be good at and through practice and training. Sure, like anything. But there's, there's an element to it where people think that, like... Some people can just be naturals, and you don't have right. to have any training. And I, there's probably good examples of that. <laughs> but right, yeah, but like yeah, you jump into it. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. The Rock could be taking all kinds of acting classes and coaching. He could be like the most studious, you know, right person in the in the world of Man, acting. Maybe that, I don't want to short sell him. I no. don't want to think he's just some. Just some dude, you know, no. some meathead wrestler going like, I, I yeah. want to be in all these movies. I think, I'm yeah. sure he's probably takes everything he does very seriously. His workout routine would Well, now we are, we're obligated that. to pay attention to what, whether we go see it or not, we now have to somehow just pay attention a little bit more to whatever his next movie is. Moana, live, live action Moana. Is that what it's going to be? I, I think it's in the works. Okay. Because he just wants to sing the song again <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't know. Not sure what All right. Draws, okay. It feels All right. weird. 2016. So, yeah, hasn't instantly been that regretted saying that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Speaking of meatheads, uh, The Rock let's move on by Michael Bay. Something. <laughs> From The Rock to The Rock. To The Rock. From The Rock to A Hard Place. <laughs> Can we forced too much? All maybe, right. We'll maybe, go with it. Maybe. Um, 1996. Again, I thought this was a different movie. Um, I thought it was The Siege. I knew exactly. Exactly. Which, what we're but it kind of speaks to the same era of action movie. I didn't know that this was a Michael Bay movie either until until it crawled across the screen. Oh, and, man. I was like, and then you know it. I was you like, you oh, didn't need to see oh, that no. name crawl across it. I didn't want- need to see the movie. At once I saw that it I was like, I know exactly what this movie is going to be uh, from start to finish. And it was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. It was um well, we don't need to get into too much uh of the pros and cons just yet. Can you can you yeah. Summarize or the yeah. give us a rough premise sure. of the rock. I I wrote my own little synopsis. I so love that. Here it is. So yeah. 
Ed Harris <laughs> takes over Alcatraz. That's my opening line. This is a very like off the man off the street yeah. synopsis. Yeah, Ed Harris, who I think most most folks know, He's love Ed great Harris. Great, great actor. One of the best. Uh, takes over Alcatraz, and he's a former military guy, or he is a military guy. He's a Marine, yeah. A Marine, and uh, he's holding tourist, tourists <laughs> prisoners, uh, and he's making some outrageous demands to be paid uh, to him and his men because he feels like the mi- military has uh, slighted him and his men, and he's he's feeling neglected and underpaid well, he, and the people the men he lost their families didn't get right. that's much money. more his mo- that's his stated motivation right. which the is, families didn't get the money once people have died overseas and because of the nature of their right, work yeah. their identities were yeah. hidden and they were never rewarded yeah. or and praised. there could be for all i know maybe the some they deserve. something there in terms of like could be you know like that could be so far it's not like oh this is gonna be yeah, a not, crazy not action out, not an outlandish action. plot so far yeah so far um so uh he they steal some rockets that have these very da- dangerous chemicals on them, um, which forces us to insert Nick Cage yep. into the equation. He plays a, a chemist, an FBI chemist, an right. FBI chemist. Three days <laughs> weapons training, and it also because it's Alcatraz, it also brings in a former prisoner of Alcatraz who apparently escaped once, and that is uh, Sean Connery's character Mason. And thus, the uh, government needs Cage and Connery to lead a team uh, to infiltrate Alcatraz to try to get these rockets, and uh, you know, and and then it, it runs wild. <laughs> <laughs> Your synopsis of it makes it sound like it makes so much sense. It like really cleans up a lot of the loose the loose ends. And if you watch the trailer, which we did before mm-hmm. we went and watched this movie. Yeah. The trailer even makes it seem like a movie that makes more sense than it does. Yeah. Because once you get into it, it's like it's a movie within a movie within a movie. Yeah. If that's what it feels like to me. Like you would right. think watching the trailer, this is a buddy this is like a buddy um FBI movie where Connery and Cage are yeah. like partners and they need to bust into Alcatraz and save the hostages. That's yeah. what the trailer would suggest. Yep. But that is not really the movie. Um, at least not for a very long time because it's like s- so many other movies first. Like it is, <laughs> it's first like a like a heist movie. Like Ed Harris and his Marine yep. guys are busting into a building that has a big dumb sign on the outside that says Naval Weapons Depot in big block <laughs> letters. Like they just put signs where all the stuff is. Like it helps Naval the audience. It helps the audience. <laughs> and they infiltrate and they go steal <laughs> the things. And so it's like, oh, they're stealing this dangerous chem- I don't know who these people are. You're inclined to think Ed Harris is the good guy at this point. Like not necessarily a, right, a yeah. terrorist or a, yeah. or, a, or a villain. And so you were, you and you did see that this was your first time seeing My this. first time. Okay. I'm seeing this. So movie. this is you're gonna get throughout this podcast two completely different takes on this because I've seen this movie multiple times. Well, I can't. Imagine. I really enjoyed it growing up, <laughs> and this was a fun rewatch for me. Okay. So I could see how it could be fun. Yeah, I that was not my experience. Right. Yeah. As I'm sure people can already tell, but yeah, I could see how it could be fun. Yeah, and especially if you're watching with a group of people, I could see how it would be riotously fun. Right. Yeah, but it's not a comedy. Let me be clear about right, that. Right, yeah. Um, so it's a heist movie, and then it's like a hostage situation movie, like like The Negotiator or Inside Man or any of these movies where it's like the FBI are trying to figure out how to get this person who's holding the hostages inside this fortified building out. So it's that for a second. There's a war room. There's people discussing the plan. How do we get this guy? He's on the phone. 
it's like that kind of a negotiation movie for a second. Right. And then when they decide they have to go bust out Sean Connery because they need his expertise, and the line they say in this war room, first of all, is there is there a Michael Bay movie without a war room? Like, is there always a war room? Like, people sitting around a big conference table with screens all around them, it's like perfect. shouting, <laughs> explaining the plot to each other. All right. And somebody says, well, there's no question that we need someone with a firsthand knowledge of the tunnel system. <laughs> like someone says that and then, and then, and then uh, John Spencer's character is like, I know the guy. And they make a phone call. Mason. Cue to, cue to Sean Connery. Cue so Sean Connery, yeah. they go get him out of prison because he once broke out of Alcatraz. Yeah. And so they need someone who understands. And But then you would think, okay, this, this is moving along fine. We have the terrorist plot. We have the hostages taken. We're assembling our crack squad of of uh, right. anti-terrorist, um, you know, military, FBI, government, ops, whatever. And then immediately after meeting Sean Connery, he busts out, and this turns into like a chase movie. Like, now right. we're chasing Sean Connery around San Francisco because he is taking this opportunity to run free, steal a car, drive around, nearly kill the people who just got yeah. him out of prison. Well, he's going. He's got to go see his daughter. He's got to go see his daughter, who coincidentally lives in San Francisco, which he didn't even know he was going to until a few minutes yeah. earlier in the movie. And Claire Forlani. It takes a actress? while. Yeah, she's in Meet Joe Black. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, a, a, fav- a favorite I'm a, of yours? I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a topic for another day, maybe. Um, yeah, so he... Anyway, it's like a movie within a movie within a movie. It's like, here's the problem. The, yeah. Let's go solve that. And it's like, oh, that's introduced to another problem. Let's go solve... Oh, no, that that started another... And it's like, what's happening? There's it's a part, taking a there's while. There's a part in the movie where a trolley explodes and it flies like two stories into the air and i'm like what what movie am i watching like what is i thought i thought isn't it harrison alcatraz right now with like 80 hostages why is this trolley exploding in town and sean connery's driving around action packed action packed ferrari or whatever like what's what's happening in this movie there's so many things happening so many things and um it's just it's, There's a lot going anyway, on. Anyway, your synopsis all that was to say your synopsis makes it sound well, so simple and reasonable it, but that's not the viewing experience of the movie. Right. In my, Just because in my it does, like you said, there is a lot. It takes advantage of every opportunity to have something exciting happen, even if for no reason. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so it does take a while to get to Alcatraz. So bef- before we get into our pros and cons, All right. I figure like I do have some tidbits on this. Oh, there's a lot of bullets in that list of tids, I see. <laughs> so. <laughs> So many tits. Okay. So first of all, um, the script was offered to Schwarzenegger before Connery. I don't know if that Oh, he would have played the Connery role. I think that's everything I read suggests he was offered that role. That's curious. Okay. Uh, Here's something that will be interesting. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Do you like Aaron Sorkin? (laughs) Generally, sure. You think he's a good writer? Um. I think he is a successful writer. Okay. Do you like the? I mean, the West Wing. I like Wing. the West Wing, and John okay. Spencer is in the and movie. He's, he's a big character in the West Wing. Okay. And he's 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 very good. I don't okay. love everything Aaron Sorkin's right. ever put his hands on. There are people like that. I'm trying to distinguish okay. myself. I'm just trying that. to get you to say something positive about Sorkin. Okay. I like the Aaron other Sorkin. name. I'm gonna okay, say. Okay. I like Aaron Sorkin. Okay. Move on with it. And Tarantino. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin and Quentin Tarantino both worked on the screenplay. However, the Writers Guild of America ruled that no other writers could be given credit on the film. And uh, so despite significant rewrites they had on it, like Michael Bay was fighting for them to get credit and they did a lot of the rewrites on this thing and they never got credit. And I don't know, from 
because of the mo- the way the movie is, maybe Tarantino and Sorkin weren't fighting. Like this is, you know, Tarantino. I guess Pulp Fiction had happened. I don't even know why he would take a crack at this. And Sorkin, I don't know his trajectory yeah. in the early '90s. I mean, a few good men had already come out, right? Oh yeah. That's so true. like he'd already had a few big, you know, acclaimed movies. Yeah. And I know he was a playwright before yeah. that. So it's, okay. So uh, this was only Bay's, no sense to me. Michael Bay's second movie, second oh. feature film. Okay. After Bad Boys, and yet it bears all. It bears a striking resemblance to every other one. <laughs> this is what he's going to go on to do. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Um, so it's amazing. Uh, now, I there's some there. There has been another. You know, they mentioned Mason escaping from Alcatraz, and I, I don't even know if this is true, but apparently, like possibly only three people ever managed to escape. If so, that's a film that came out in 1979 that Clint, Clint Eastwood did called Escape from Alcatraz, which is, I did see, I can't remember, but uh, obviously a, a more uh, interesting kind of, obviously based on possible true events. Uh, the movie did open uh, before Dwayne The Rock Johnson had his wrestling debut at any point. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, just maybe another tid. Um, so he may have gotten his name from this movie. <laughs> I, we, no, Origin story for the rock. No one, no one else. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, apparently, this is the only Michael Bay movie to earn a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't check that. Not that we. I know how you feel about Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Um, but generally, these movies don't translate. And then my last tid, and I don't know. This could take us in a completely different direction, but I have kind of, sort of met Michael Bay. I've know, worked I, with Michael Bay. I know this about you. I've but worked I don't with think Michael we, Bay. We've ever broached this subject on <laughs> I don't, the podcast. This could go, this I wasn't going to bring it up. I didn't I know. know if you wanted to. I didn't. I uh, and I will clarify for the folks at home: you're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a bit. <laughs> this is not a bit. So I'm, I'm like reading my notes, but it's like true story. Yeah. Uh, so I've been an extra on two films. One of them was the most, not the most recent Transformers one. Transformers: The Last Night with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Not a great movie. Um, well, well, <laughs> your scene's good. <laughs> My scene's good. Uh, but anyways, I got to be an extra and I was in like kind of a close quarter set and, um, and Michael Bay is like, I'm, you know, like just across, not even, you know, within five feet of him, And he's just yeah. moving around this room, barking orders. At, it was a, it was a scene just to witness like that hands on. Yeah famous director running the show in there and being a part of it and at one point i'm just i'm a background military person carrying folders that's me that's me if you're wondering who, right. what my role was i love it and at some point i look at him and go because he's she's talking to everyone and i'm like i go i go do you want me to cross the room right now and i just started to trying to help him do the scene and he didn't yell at me, but he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, that would be good. And so anyways, it's on that the blurry cross is that's my big moment. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I are, don't want to talk too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can you can scrub from frame to frame to find Mark in the background. Yeah. But anyways, Transformers. so maybe I'm a little more forgiving because I've seen the man under pressure. Sure, sure. You respect the craft. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Fair enough. I'll let you have that. Okay. I can't rob that from you. Give me, me that. That's a, that's, a, yep. that's a real- We'll save the other movie I was in for another day. One for the one for the history books. We'll see. In, if this, uh, we get you. the number spike on this episode. <laughs> we can get more stories from behind the scenes. <laughs> it's either a lot of people love Dwayne Johnson or they love that tid. So um, let's get into this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't think I have much- positive to say 
because I think my scene to scene experience of the movie was like, it was just a whirlwind of kind of what I think of as, um, I don't know. It's, um, it was, it's just like everything I think is kind of bad about a lot of movies like script a I'm like, Oh, that line. Oh, that scene. Oh, that shot. Oh, that. And it's just like, it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and so I felt kind of knocked around by this movie. It's like, and it makes me kind of wonder about him as a director and some of these choices. Like, um, you know, are you trying to treat is, do you think your audience wants this? And I think these movies are successful. Like he's, he makes a lot of money and there's yeah. a reason he, he gets, do these. you have, is there a Michael Bay movie you like? No. Okay. This, the style is so oppressive to me. It's okay. just like, and I, I find it personally kind of condescending in, in that I don't think he thinks very highly of the audience and he thinks that they're easily pleased and he thinks that they're kind of thoughtless, uh, you know, just like because of the things he's doing, like there's so many rapid camera movements, like constant, I'm not sure the camera ever sits still in this movie. It's like constantly whipping around and sometimes they're even whooshing sound effects put on the camera moving. Like the camera moving from left to right, there's like a whooshing sound. I'm like, you don't you need it. you don't need to whoosh the camera for me. I understand that it's that it's moving. Like we know it's moving. And like theme music gets cued every, you know, oh, three yeah. minutes. It's like, oh, someone's saying something dramatic. Cue the theme music. Um there's like snappy edits. People, everyone's shouting things at each other. Like every possible line is just being shouted, and there's a lot of repetition. Like in the in the like a near opening scene when we're establishing Nicolas Cage's character as like the chemical expert. We're in like this lab where they're they're playing around with some deadly. You know, they get the sample of basically what's going to be in the in Alcatraz later that Ed Harris's right. character stole. And they're like having, they're putting on these suits. They're going in this like enclosed chamber to um, test its, or they're opening a package in any way. Anyway, the point is they're demonstrating how deadly this chemical is. And it starts going off and they're told that uh, one way to save themselves if they can't disarm the bomb is to inject this drug into their heart. And in this scene, people shout, inject your heart like 10 or 20 times. So like, inject your heart. Like, do you want me to stick this into my chest? Are it's just crazy? people shouting the same thing back and forth to each yeah. other a lot. And that a lot of the movie is that. And I'm like, Michael Bay, do you not think I'm very smart? Like, do you think I need you to yell the plot points at me every couple minutes? And like, I need the music cues or else I won't know how to feel. Right. And I need this camera whipping around because if it sits still, I might get a little nervous. Like, like it's just so, it's so blunt with everything that it does. And I get that that's his style. Like, that's the style. Like, the style is just, like you said, like fast. In your face. Action. Every opportunity the, for action you can. Even right. if it's just dialogue, we're going to make it energetic. We're going to make it intense. Nick right. Cage is going to shout these lines, for goodness sake. Right. It won't even make sense that he's shouting, but he's going to shout them. And it's just high-octane, kind of meathead, smash-and-grab. Like, everything is just crunchy and exciting, and it's just, it's too... Too stimulating? It's too stim... <laughs> I'm overstimulated. Are it's, we on pros right now? <laughs> it's... I just want to describe the viewing experience oh, yeah. for me because I that's I have a hard time in that context like a, like enjoying right. the can you movie com- watch. Is experience. there a movie that you would say is comparable but like 
you like better though like here's like here's everything michael bay's doing but here's someone who is doing that kind of a movie better well i talked last week about like those arnold schwarzenegger movies i like from the like late 80s early 90s and i think they are they are not complicated plots and not complicated characters and definitely action focused right and have corny lines, right. but the cinematography of it all, and the and it and the music of it all, and the edits of it all right. are not so aggressive and and attention deprived. Like the the assumption seems to be like I can't, you know, if we just have a scene with two people talking at a normal volume for longer than ten seconds, like the audience is going to get up and leave. Like right. that's that's the vibe I'm getting from. And and Armageddon is the same way, which came out a couple of yeah. years after this. If you watch Armageddon, it feels just like this movie. It like looks and sounds and feels yeah. just like it's the, it's nearly the same movie. Um, there's also a war room <laughs> and, and a girlfriend in the war room shouting at the characters on the screen about it's like a lot of the same features. Don't want to. <laughs> there's a little so. Aerosmith in there. But um, I want you to kind of make the case for why, like, the fun part of watching this movie. Yeah, okay. I don't think I can do it. I have a lot of pros. I like this movie. I am a fan. I have no problem saying that. But I came to it, so these are teenage years, when I saw this, and it it was just a lot of fun. I remember, like, the lines are bad, but they're very, like, quotable. Like, the movie is, we've talked about this kind of before, I don't really want to bring stepbrothers back up, but it's a movie where like it's better like the more you talk about it and after you've seen it because it's like it's like these we were just even repeating some of these lines before right. we started recording. Right. And it's kind of enjoyable because it's so like over the top. Um and it is like it's a fun like popcorn movie watching and I feel I do enjoy it. I think where the movie holds it for me is because of Ed Harris. I'm not saying this is his best performance at all, nor Sean Connery's, but I feel like those are two heavyweights. Yes. Like, these are really good actors. Some people would say the same in Nicolas Cage. And and, uh, and Nick Cage. But I'm just saying because Nick Cage is playing the character kind of silly, and he is good in that, if that's what he wanted, right. mission accomplished and funny. Um, but he is, he's, he just, he's come, this is the next movie he did after winning best actor for leaving Las Vegas. Okay. So like, we get it. You're, you can act. You're really good at it. And he's fun. He, I read stuff about his role here. He wanted to, he specifically wanted to play this character in this way. Oh, this was less Michael Bay directing him to play it this way and more, Cage wanting to bring in all these over-the-top antics. I heard a lot of improv on his part. Okay, and so maybe Zeus's butthole was that was his invention. It could be. That's not an American. Um, that's not a Sorkinism. I, or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Zeus's butthole. What's well, quotable though? Um, and um, but Ed Harris, I think throughout, pretty much holds his own, even when it gets silly. Like yeah, he's still like. I believe him, and it's really a credit to him that somehow you can maintain, like if you just took out his parts, right? I would. You could, could be t- in a different movie, correct? Yeah. Um, and Sean Connery sorta, because he's with Cage so much, right? He he, and this is where the movie is. We're not getting into my cons yet, but that's where the movie kind of misses for me is letting Sean Connery get too silly. 
with yeah. the Cage stuff. So, but anyways, for me, this movie is a lot of fun. Nick Cage, for me, this is one of these action movies he did. He did Con Air. Now that's not yep. Michael Bay. No. And he did Face Off. These are two other like '90s action movies that I remember liking and having a lot of fun with. Did you yeah. see these movies? I saw Face Off. Okay. Um, that's John I, I Woo. I believe I've seen Con Air too. Okay. Um, it's would, gone in 60 seconds later. Is that like 2001 or 2000? No, I think that's something? that might be 97. Okay. So that would be with this too. I don't remember liking that one per se, but yeah, um, yeah he became like an action star. And in Con Air, he went from like the the, the kind of the weakling to like being right. the being the prisoner, being the right. <laughs> the buff guy, you know. Um, and so um, I, I had a lot of fun with this on the rewatch, and I was surprised to see. I forgot like how many other like other people are in this movie. Oh, it's a it's a who's who of like character right, actors. Yeah. Even like uh, the guy like the we mentioned Office Space. That guy, the Bob, one of the Bobs. Oh, one of the it? Bobs. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't um, remember the actor's he name. He plays he plays Perry Cox in right. Scrubs. Okay, that yeah, guy. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Kyle Reese, <laughs> Kyle Reese from Transformers. Uh, uh, Philip Baker Hall Terminator. is in there. Yeah. Um, um, Bookman from Seinfeld. Oh yes. Uh, John right. Spencer is there. Uh, he is he he's basically playing his exact character from The West Wing. He like it's like they pulled him right off the set of The Sorkin. West Wing and had him <laughs> had him just read lines in this yeah. other movie. But he's very good. Right. Um. But yeah, lots of lots of good. Uh, the guy, the guy, the sniper guy from uh, Clear and Present Danger. I don't know his name, but this would have been not long after that. Maybe maybe close by he was one of the marines in ed harris's um squad there um anyway yeah lots of people you go like yeah. oh i recognize that guy I recognize yeah. that person like, yeah. these are all all recognizable yeah. people so the, is, the woman from meet joe black yeah uh, claire playing Florlani. playing jade which is one of the moments of this is this is can are i give we, you my pros are we still on pros i'm doing pros can i pause your pros and i give need you, to hear dave say one pause i want to give you the worst line in the movie can i tell you the worst line in the movie <laughs> It's not Zeus's butthole. It, no, I I appreciate Zeus's butthole. <laughs> Give me you the can, worst line. You can in hold the movie. me to that. The worst line in the movie. I can't is wait to hear this. Sean Connery has just outfoxed Nicolas Cage and the FBI, and he's run. He's gotten away. There's been a 15 minute long car chase, and he's gotten away. He meets his daughter, or he's hiding like in the bushes, kind of. And yeah. his daughter is like coming out, and they're at this kind of park area, sort of. And his daughter, Jade, is walking with another woman. And the two of them are walking. And Sean Connery comes out of the bushes, kind of right nearby both I of them. I still don't know what you're going to say. So and I must says, have forgot this line. He says, Jade? Like he's calling out to his daughter for the first time. And who knows how long. Jade? Sure. And the friend, they both stop and look at him. And the friend says, the friend, the okay. person not named Jade. He okay. says, Jade? And she says, no, Stacy." Jade's friend. <laughs> this is the worst line in the movie. Why would you respond? Why is this line even written? It's the friend intercepting this heartwarming father-daughter reunion. And it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> make, why would you... Jade is right next to you. You know Jade is right. right next to you. Why would you go like, oh, you're talking to me? No, I'm not Jade. She's Jade. Like, right. He's Why not wouldn't talking. you just elbow Jade? Be like, that guy <laughs> wants you. Exactly. Why is this? this I'm Stacy. She's like, no, Stacy. Jade's friend. I mean, he's like, I don't, I'm not talking to you. Like, push your heart. Like, you should just like deck her and start talking yeah. to her. 
Like, why did you? Why yeah. did you? That, why did you that, take that? That would qualify. Like, are you somebody's niece who needed a line in this oh, movie? Man. Like, it didn't make any sense. That's the worst line. Right. If I, you're watching I, this movie I, I too laughed, closely, I laughed out loud at that. I'm like, why did you? Why did you? Why did you take that line? That was so funny to me. Anyway, back to pros. What do you got? You got any more pros? Um, there are some genuinely funny lines like that, and I will echo. I will give yeah. you that. I will echo Ed Harris's performance. Yeah. I will say though that all the and I jotted that down to myself. Like all the, all the kind of, um, you know, silliness of the lines and the clunkiness of the dialogue and everything being keyed up to like the highest energy level right. did I think rob the movie of its opportunity to have some like poignant moments like there's a moment like two thirds of the way into the movie when like the 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 team that's going to rescue the hostage kind of breaches Alcatraz and they enter the scene and it's like they're trapped in the fishbowl like they're right. gonna they're like fish oh, in a yeah. barrel they're gonna get gunned down and it's like a series of accidents leads to like this horrible gunfight right. that's like a truly horrifying scene but it doesn't have any emotional weight to it because the movie around it in every direction has been so silly. Yeah. And like that in a different movie, that would have been that would have been a, a devastating moment to yeah. watch these characters like kind of go down in this this tragic accident yeah. kind of blaze of glory kind of a right. thing and just the humanity of it would be gut-wrenching, but it's not at all because no. the movie it doesn't have time for those feelings, yeah. you know, and it hasn't made time for them. No. And so I think Ed Harris does a great job like giving the movie that option. Right. But it kind of gets subsumed by yeah. by everything. I think else. it that it did have this feel to me where it felt like very much like kind of like video game type violence. Where you're like, sure. la you're not laughing, but you're like so like, I, you know, like teenage boys playing like the shooter game. Like where you're like, right. oh my gosh, like right. what happened? Right. You know, right. and things are exploding and, you know, you're just like, right. like that kind of excitement. But not, it, it is all missed in terms of like, they try to do a little bit between Cage and Connery in terms of Connery doing the right thing, because the reality is they want to launch these rockets at San Francisco and kill like whatever, 80 million people or something. And, and so, um, and Connery or not Connery cage is him and his, his fiance, you know, he has a fiance, they're pregnant, right? She's there. He makes a point of telling everyone his girlfriend's pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how clear. that's his girlfriend. You're reminded of way. that all the time. <laughs> And uh, and Connery's daughter. I mean, that's the only reason right. we meet her. So now he has someone there too that he's worried about, I guess. And so right. And I feel like that's. I think that's what's so frustrating. And I, I think you're right. If you look at any movie long enough, these things kind of present right. themselves. But this is not like, what this movie's trying to do. No, where you, but you see, like, oh, I see what you're doing here, movie. And I think a better movie, it wouldn't be so obvious what you were doing. It's like we're having this big long car chase because we want. We want Cage to have this moment where he proves to everyone else that he can go toe to toe with James Bond. Right, <laughs> right? exactly. Because up to that point, he's been kind of a dweeb, and we're not right. sure if he's up to the task. And so we need to put him behind a sports car and show that when push comes to shove, he's willing to full commit and do the job. Right. So I see that that's the purpose of the scene, right. but it doesn't make sense that we're stopping the movie that has a serious terrorist plot. And we've right. talked about terrorist plots right. before. This is this is that time of of. Yeah. of Hollywood with terrorists, lots of terrorist plots, but um, I I shouldn't be able to see so obviously like why we're doing any given scene. And right, same with Sean Connery meets Jade in the park. That scene I was just describing a minute ago. Yeah, it's obviously there 
to humanize him right, yeah. and make us sympathetic to him because up to this point, he just tried to kill an FBI yeah. agent for seemingly no reason. And so we need to kind of redeem him a little bit so we don't think he's just purely an agent yeah. of chaos. And I can see Connery want, I mean, his escape, I get that. Like, he right. wants to get out of there. Now, how he gets out of there, there's two, maybe we'll just move into the cons. So <laughs> there's two things that- I've e- been here the whole time. <laughs> Join me. The water's nice. <laughs> Even though I am a big fan of this, yeah. when re-watching it, which I haven't done in a while, like, it's a little silly that his- the. There's two two times Connery escapes, and th- and these are both problems I have in the, with the movie. Yeah, the first one is him just getting away from the feds because he's ordered a bunch of food that all these guys are just eating. All these trained yeah. professionals holding one of yeah, the most yeah. dangerous people of all time. It's the classic give cops donuts. Give trick. cops donuts, <laughs> and he gets away from all of them. Yeah, into right, this right. ridiculous car chase. Right. The second one is even worse, and that's when Connery gives himself up. And Cage is caught, and they're both thrown into jail and left completely alone. Yeah, like no one's watching them. You're in Alcatraz. We know you escaped from Alcatraz. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're going to leave you alone in Alcatraz. And then Connery gets to do his little trick and get them out. Because no, not even one person (laughs) is within 25 feet of him getting out of the jail cell. You can't put one guy in front of the door let him knock him on the head <laughs> yeah give him the old bonk him, on the head it's so <laughs> it's such a terrible thing you know what you make a good point i and i couldn't even get, i couldn't get past that though i will say that's another highlight for me is i like nicholas cage's little monologue there in the cell when he's like laying back and just kind of shouting about how oh, adolescent yeah. cage and stupid is fun. this all is yeah i'm like oh so you you can be that like kind of satirical voice in the movie too and i thought that was pretty funny yeah i wish it was longer i wish he just got to really go and go and go there right that's that's kind of right around zeus's right. butthole um yeah. <laughs> so that's that that was a high mark a high water mark right, yeah. for me that particular scene but you're right that they're in that situation at all doesn't really yeah. i think this movie could have make sense if it was but again like what was michael and we've t- we've had this conversation like it's okay to like a movie or not like it and then but if you're trying to figure out did the did was the movie successful and not just financially speaking i i do think the movie accomplished what it was trying to do it was trying to be a funny action buddy cop comedy yeah thing i mean from the surface of like have a good time at the movies yeah and may same thing armageddon did which was financially successful and a lot of people i know you're not one of them but i enjoyed armageddon for what it was yeah um and again they are but michael bay is partly it's i and i there's plenty of like i did not i don't like pearl harbor um the first transformers was eh, the other ones were awful um, sure i already mentioned the one i was in just in case you <laughs> didn't hear that part <laughs> um but um yeah so it's and he's a long michael bay is a long ways away from like i don't even know if like we said is critical like, acclaim right and maybe this right. is like that the connection to Dwayne Johnson, like, is or him it's and not Michael, the goal, right? The goal is Michael never Bay. critical. Acclaim. I don't know. Maybe was he in a Michael Bay movie? I yeah, Pain even, and Gain. Oh, Pain and Gain. Was okay, a Michael Bay movie. And, and so I, I feel like maybe another one too. You know, that's where you're asking. Like, uh, I feel like the one Michael Bay movie I didn't see. It was called Thirteen Hours. Maybe yeah. John Krasinski yep. was in it. He I didn't see it, but it felt like it was 
Same thing Pearl Harbor tried. Like, I'm going to try to make something. But he just can't get away from himself in terms of right. his style. The breakneck, high-octane action movie. Right, I can't. It all. Like, he must love like it so much. Like, the camera has to spin around a character at the some point. The lens flare, all this stuff. And, uh, um, yeah, we're doing, like, lots of kind of comic booky kind of close-ups. And I don't right. mean comic booky like a superhero movie. I mean comic booky like a comic book. Like, let me do a close-up on the lock on this door and then a close-up of someone shooting the lock and then a close like it, it's kind yeah. of like showing you panel by panel like it's very action focused and that's where the energy comes from like right. it's it's walking you through all the moves and it's making the whooshing sounds like there is a playful kind of cartoony quality to it but it does make it really hard to take seriously so if you're if you're kind oh, of approaching yeah, no. it with like a this is just a popcorn bubblegum right. summertime you know Saturday night, we're going to have a good time yeah. and not take ourselves too seriously movie. I think that's totally fair. Um, I I often teach uh, Roger one of Roger Ebert's reviews, of, and it's of the movie Armageddon. And I think a lot of the things he says in that movie apply here. Like he says, like the opening line of the review is like, here it is, the the first movie that's that's cut together like its own highlight reel or something like that. Oh, it's basically, right. his point being like, it kind of plays like a trailer for a movie. Like it's cut right. together so fast, it's fast cuts like a movie trailer. And that is a good description of how it feels. It kind of feels yeah. like you're rapidly being pushed through a movie. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but I often teach that review kind of laughing along with it and loving it because I'm such a big fan of Roger Ebert and I think everything he says about Armageddon is true for my, for my taste in right. movies. But I often also teach it um, with regard to something we've talked about on the podcast before, which is you have to review movies with regard to what they're trying to do and not judge them by things they're not at all trying to do. Right. And I do raise that whenever I talk about that review that as much as I love Roger Ebert, a lot of his criticisms of the movie are like, you know, si- the questioning the scientific viability or like uh, this and that, right. and oh, when they're in the lunar rover on the asteroid, like, what should it should it be flying through the air like that? Does that even make sense? And what about this? And right. What about that? And of course, all those things are true, right? Or like what a lot of viewers might also think and think is silly, but it's also obviously not something the movie cares about. Right, like it doesn't care that those yeah. things are accurate. That's not the point. The right. point is to just have fun. So, right. I think that that is true here. Like, if you if you try to take it seriously, um, you will fail because it it just can't be taken seriously. Right, you'll it's a miss if you're like. But I think what's mostly frustrating is that how how kind of unintelligent it seems to presume the audience is in its repetition of things, in its expository dialogue, in like the f- the flashy, loud, right. uh, like just, it just assumes so many qualities of the audience right. that I personally take offense at. I'm like, yeah. I, I am a, I'm a better viewer than you're giving me credit and I don't yeah. need to be spoon fed everything in this way. But I could, and I don't want to say like, Oh, there are people out there who do need to be sp- and like I don't want to like I don't want to also criticize a whole group of people right, and be yeah. condescending, but like it's, it's. I guess it just depends on what mood you're in. If this movie lands right. for you, like if you're just in a mood to just you know have a good time and just have like a, a, a fun Nicholas Cage, yeah. Sean Connery romp and explosions yeah. and excitement and knives flying through the air yeah. and gunfights and it's like that's great it it, it it and not just to side with rotten tomatoes but this this might be michael bay's best film where it works the best for him and i think 
the right cast assembled. And I admit I, I do like Armageddon, but there's been some like other misses. Um, just like it didn't even, it wasn't even fun. Like it, it, there was something else that didn't happen that did happen in these other movies. And maybe it's because he didn't, like in Pearl Harbor, for example, he maybe was trying to straddle that line of, oh, I'm trying to make it both. And you either got, it's either one right. or the other. And I think right. with this one, he, there's t- there's little moments um, that I think are largely saved because of Connery and Ed Harris where it become trying to be a little more serious. And it does, it's okay, it feels that way. But ultimately, that's really not the movie's goal because it's just so, it becomes a little outrageous with a lot of the things that are happening and the way it's escalating. And all the military guys are in rewatching this again are just way too over the top. Like, too. <laughs> There's just too much energy for every single one of them to right. be so. You're angry. talking about Ed Harris's kind henchmen of henchmen or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. the yeah. other military lieutenants. Yeah, right. They're just too like. I don't even know how to describe them. Just animalistic. Like, <laughs> what are you even yelling at? You know, like kind of a deal, and it loses its right its sensibility. Um, and yeah, I. I is this the greatest movie ever made? No, I am not saying that. I'm saying I liked it when I saw it. It was a fun rewatch. Um, maybe didn't, you know, it. it's on this rewatch, it didn't propel it to like, oh man, this is, I forgot how, like this is, this should be, it wouldn't make my rewatchable list. So I'm glad I kind of did rewatch it. Like, I had fun doing it. I now own it, and so right. I'm sure I'll rewatch it at some point. But because um, <laughs> it is fun, I mean, I am curious because at one point I thought, like, I did mention these other Nick Cage action movies, like Face Off and Con Air. Like, I am kind of curious with those because I kind of have the same feelings about those that I did this one. Sure. But these are different directors, and I wonder, like, just in the hands of a different person director oh very different movie i would right so i do think this movie was originally so this is like a jerry bruckheimer kind of production Mm -hmm. and um he and i think it was first offered to tony scott but uh he passed on it because he had another project tony scott's did like uh crimson tide and um top gun and sure days of thunder and stuff like that gotcha yeah let me throw at you yeah. as a kind of way to wrap up some of my other little notes here. Some yep. like nice little mid '90s gems kind of floating around this movie that I think are just very indicative of the time. Okay, that perfect. I think help help kind of paint the picture of the movie. Yeah, and you can you can read them as fun, playful things or I like uh, cringy it. things if you're. This me. is like tids at the end. Nineties <laughs> tids. <laughs> that's that's right. So of course this is a terrorism plot, which we've talked about a few times since yeah. Speed Two. In our last time we did this format with an actor in a movie, we talked about terrorism plots in movies and how those kind of go away after nine eleven. I think this was interesting because it's it's pretty sympathetic to the terrorists. I would say until the end, when like the lieutenants of Ed Harris kind of take over and become. Right become like the real villains because we need some real villains in the end just to just to well, a little plot twist i guess of sorts. yeah but like ed harris as you said because partly because of his performance is a pretty sympathetic character and there's just no way 
post 2001, someone would make a movie that would be anywhere near that sympathetic to uh, someone who's holding people hostage and going to blow up a city. Like Correct. it's like it's it's such an artifact of its time that that character would exist at all, and that it's relatively complicated by the fact that he is himself a marine, like a like a veteran. Right. Um. You know, the movie starts with him in dress blues in the rain, like out there putting his, like was it his wife? Yeah, putting something on a gravestone yeah. and really. It works really hard to make you sympathetic to his cause, and I think there's some part of the movie that wants you to respect his cause, even if what he's choosing to do about it is way, right. way extreme. We but, know what Connery thinks of him. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> so that's one little nice uh, uh, thing that I think kind of dates the movie a little bit. Um, another is that there's like a dinginess to some movies in the 90s. Uh, and I'm thinking of like Fight Club and some like David Fincher movies specifically. There's like people are just like in like dingy kind of greenish spaces. And there's parts of this movie where like they're they're just in the war room a second ago discussing this plan of going to Alcatraz. And then Cage runs off to go to the bathroom and splash water in his face. And all of a sudden we're like in the dirtiest, dingiest bathroom that's like yellow and green. And I'm like, weren't we just in a nice like government command center like office room? And now we're like in in hell like we're in like we're in like this we're in this, his head and i think that's just there's a style thing in the 90s there's a lot of 90 movies and i, I guess i'm thinking of those david fincher movies where like yeah. things are kind of fluorescently lit and kind of green and kind of gross and it's like right. subway tiles and blinky lights yeah. and everything's kind of dirty so there's a little bit of that going on in some scenes which i found i found funny um, another great one is some other some lines from other movies. There, someone in this movie says, "I'm too old for this." Oh yeah, which I only associate with Danny Glover in the Le- the Lethal yeah, Weapon. And that movies. was like '87 or something, probably. Right, and he says it in all the Lethal Weapons. So it's <laughs> Nick, pick your le- pe- yeah. pick your Lethal Weapon. Uh, that line yeah, is in this. That movie. belongs to Danny Glover. There are multiple sequences with Titanic esque. And I know this is the year before Titanic, but this just is indicative of the time. Titanic as Cameron was watching whistle like folky Irish pastoral whistling music as people have heartwarming exchanges with each oh, other. Yeah, like there's a few moments of that. We mentioned that with Babe, Babe Two, Pig in the City. It's just a thing in the '90s. Like this kind of this kind of. I don't know, romantic, and I mean rom- like capital R romantic, not like right. romantic comedy romantic, but like right. this this kind of whistling, this like penny whistle kind of yep. uh, ruffling through the tall grass kind of music that's supposed to make you feel like, all warm and fuzzy. Kind of like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's kind of weirdly just pops, pops into this movie in a few places, and that's just that's just strange and, and funny. Um so those are my oh one more I had that was very indicative of the time so in the 90s we're still talking about or it's still on the mind like the troubles in Ireland like the Irish and the English and the fighting in the Northern Ireland Republic of Ireland yeah all that stuff and there's a line toward the end now Sean Connery I don't know if you know Scottish fella sure thick Scottish accent famously yeah and there's a line and they've established throughout the movie like he's English, British intelligence, English special forces, whatever. Like he's not an American soldier. He's an English soldier. And near the end when he's fighting these terrorists, one of them stops him like and says something to him in the middle of the fist fight. And he says, English prick, did I tell you my old man was Irish? Presumably calling out the fact that Sean Connery is English 
And it's like the English and the Irish don't get along. So he's, he's shouting at him that his family is Irish before he punches him in order to like say, like, I hate you even more. But Sean Connery is so clearly Scottish <laughs> that the line doesn't even really make sense. Like he's not speaking an English accent. And this guy would have no reason, I think, to think that he was English based on his pronunciation. He's thinking James Bond. It, like, but such a weird political reference right, in the yeah. middle of the climax of the movie. I, that was very funny to me. <laughs> One last thing I have queued up for you. Yeah. So Nicholas Cage's name in this movie, I'm not sure you mentioned it. Oh. One of the great names, Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah, great name. <laughs> so rank these, as a way to close, rank these three names from our last our last year together. Okay. Stanley Goodspeed, Brody Torrance from Plane, and Orson Fortune from <laughs> Operation Fortune. Put those in order from best movie name to worst movie name. Uh, yeah, I can. Go. It's it's unfortunate I can't separate the name from the movie, and so <laughs> I go Stanley Goodspeed, Brody Torrance, and then Orson Fortune. <laughs> That's fair. There's such a negative association. Orson Fortune's such a bad name; it's it doesn't roll Orson off the tongue. Fortune, right? It feels yeah. like a tongue twister. It's like it's, Dora it's the only, Explorer. It's only two words. Orson Fortune. <laughs> Orson it's kind of like a. Is that a slant rhyme or Stanley Goodspeed? Stanley as soon Goodspeed. as I said that at the beginning, I'm like, you're kidding. Like you gave him like a superhero name. Yeah, and he's just kinda. a he's just a dude. <laughs> you know why does he have to have this well, ridiculous? He, when name? does he do? Uh, he Ghost Rider, wasn't he? Doesn't he? Eventually? He was Ghost Rider. I never saw that. Johnny Blaze. Was is Ghost Rider's yeah. name? So, so similar I mean, kind Nick of vibe. Cage. Just to, I mean, I know we're we're we are done here, but he he has an interesting career. Like it's maybe like if we ever. I don't. Not that this is gonna happen anytime soon. I don't know what we would pair Nick Cage with, um, just to have a conversation about him. But his career, while he has so many movies that I'm like, oh, that that was really good and a great performance. He's also been kind of like a. Uh, the butt of a lot of jokes I feel just in terms of like when he was kind of cast as Superman yeah but that movie never got made and then it's sort of like what is he some of these odd roles he did now granted like a national treasure was like a fun kind of kind of movie and and good it was kind of a movie it was kind of a movie (laughs) that was good I think I remember it being good um but then it just seemed like there were several other like odd Nicolas Cage movies of like, are you just done acting and you're just taking whatever role kind of a situation. So anyways, The Rock, The Rock, the rock. Double the Rock, Double the Rock, <laughs> Double the Fun, double maybe, the maybe, maybe not. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks for listening. This was a fun revisit to a weird idea. So let us know if this is uh, getting weirder or uh, not weird enough and we'll adjust accordingly. Catch you. Catch you next week. <laughs>